0: Greetings and welcome back to Beyond the Balefire, episode two. I am feeling a little under the weather today. Allergies are kicking my butt, but we are here. We are doing it. (laughs) I am your hostess, Wish, as in upon a star, and I am so glad you're here. If you are returning, welcome back. And if you are arriving, hey, I'm so happy to have you. Today's episode is blessed, and you cannot convince me any different. Y'all, I'm getting here. I'm in my library's parking lot again, and I'm setting up. And what happens? A crow, a freaking crow, lands on the bottommost branch of this sugar maple that I'm under. I am so in awe of the serendipity and I am taking it as a good sign I'm taking it as a good sign so we're gonna have a good day here we talk about all things magic spirituality and natural healing and if that sounds like you fit in there somewhere I think you're in the right place so stick around first and foremost happy witches' moon tonight the moon is dark yay I love new moons I really do and tonight's new moon is sitting in libra which is pretty exciting and i want to talk about why that's exciting there are some really crazy and wonderful things happening in the ether right now so before we get into our topic today i want to take the lid off of the cauldron and see what's swirling around in the cosmic soup shall we okay so Before we talk about the new moon, it's important to note the retrogrades happening right now. Don't let that shy you away. I know retrogrades can be scary, but they get a bad rep. They really do. They can be good. A lot of the retrogrades we have right now are actually really beneficial if you know how to tap into them. I want to talk about that in a whole other episode, like I want to do a whole episode on retrogrades, but for now, we're going to keep it simple. We have six planets in retrograde right now and one moon. So seven retrogrades total. That's a lot of retrogrades. That's like an insane amount of retrogrades all at the same time. Pretty much through the end of the year, going into... Uh, next year even a little bit not too much we currently have mercury venus saturn neptune uranus pluto and jupiter as well as chiron jupiter's moon and i love chiron retrograde for many reasons but i will discuss that in the retrograde episode If you are super interested in a retrograde episode, like interested enough to have me do an extra episode this month, let me know on Instagram, and you can find details on how to find me in the show notes. But for now, I just want to hone in on two retrogrades, Mercury and Venus. Mercury rules our intellect and how we communicate. So, Mercury retrograde is so extra because it makes us all act like freaking dumdums. Confusion everywhere, and everything that might have been moving and operating before the retrograde so well just seems to go up in smoke just like that. I personally find myself to be clumsier, like actually tripping over the air and not being able to speak properly and that's not too off from my regular (laughs) but oh man does mercury like to exacerbate that (laughs) everything likes to go haywire during this time no one is safe nothing is safe or so they say there's big fear around mercury retrograde but like all cosmic energies it can be harnessed and knowledge is power here So, we'll discuss that more, but for now, just know that grounding yourself periodically and rolling with the punches can be your best friend during this time. Laughter is magic, but especially during a retrograde. Especially during a retrograde. Trust your capability to handle whatever is thrown at you during this retrograde, and we will get through this together, I promise. You're going to make it through. Venus is also in retrograde and this is really important because this moon is uh, sitting in Libra, like I said, and Venus is at home in Libra. So Libra influences relationships, all kinds of relationships, and where we find balance in our lives. So if Venus rules over love and worldly pleasures and Libra rules over relationships and Venus is in retrograde right now combined with Mercury retrograde, making it so damn hard for us to think, let alone properly express ourselves. This all has the potential to create some pretty sticky situations, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. All is not lost here. No, no. New moons are prime time for beginnings of all kinds. So, say you and your partner haven't been getting along recently and you've just reached a block and you're done. You're stuck. Well, you could let that cosmic soup wash you out and wash you away from each other, or you could ground yourself and harness this power and use it as an opportunity to start over, to find new ways to understand each other, and... I know that sounds more easy, easier said than done, but you do this by wanting it. You do it by grounding yourself, affirming in whichever way feels right to you. That could be out loud. It could be by doing a spell, but you affirm it and you're set up for big change. The cosmos is literally setting up all of the chess pieces for you to win. You just have to set your intention and make it known in whichever way you do that it's like have you ever seen a silent disco it's like that it's like a silent disco the planets are all having this silent disco in the sky right now and you have your own headphones and ticket to the disco but in order to enjoy the party you have to pick up the headphones and you have to listen to the music And once you listen, you can find the flow and then you can dance. I know it's a cheesy metaphor, (laughs) but I hope it gets the point across. Whenever you find yourself feeling out of sorts, just know that there is a ticket to the disco and you can claim it at any time. It's your ticket. Honestly, it's your disco. Either way, my heart's with you. I know it can be really hard during these times, and I know that you are strong and powerful, and I hope you feel as strong and powerful as I know you are. I know this energy is yours to claim, and you can claim it at any time. Now, let's pop the lid back on the cauldron and get on to our topic of the day. Spooky season is upon us, friends. Oh, it's here. October is here, finally. Yay! (laughs) And unfortunately, here where I am, it's still pretty hot, but I have a crisp bottom breeze in my heart, and I'm celebrating anyway. You best believe I wore a sweater today. I woke up, and it was raining again, and I was like, oh. ho, ho what do we have here? Oh yeah, sweater weather. I have been unabashedly overdressed for the weather and even though it's still hard hot as hell here, excuse me, I am still starting to see signs of fall. Praise the gods. And I'm clinging on to those. (laughs) The leaves are just barely beginning to turn here. Um, I'm seeing some geese And I'm seeing a lot of late wildflowers blooming. The asters and the goldenrods are just in full force here. And their bright yellows are reminding me to hold on to these last precious golden rays of light. And to fortify my body with whole medicines for the upcoming cold season. I have made so many um, jars of fire cider, and also infused vinegars, and they're going to be ready just as it's starting to get really cold here. I've also made some goldenrod infusions because, like I mentioned earlier, I get a lot of really bad allergies, and it's made me feel really good to know that I'm working with nature to protect my family and myself upon the onset of all of the nasty things that can come with the cold season and also to bottle those precious golden rays of sunlight via the beautiful yellow wildflowers that are so abundant right now. Acorns have also begun to pelt the roof and make crunchy little pops under my boots in the morning. I love acorns so much. Acorns and pine cones. I collect them almost uh, as if I cannot resist. I just think they're so stinking cute. And there are so many cool ones just waiting to go in pockets. Did you know that carrying acorns in your pockets in Norse folklore will protect you against thunder and lightning? Isn't that cool? You can also place acorns in all the corners of your house to protect your house from thunder and lightning or thunderstorms as well and I just think that is really great anyway I am also seeing lots of red berries on shrubs and bushes almost as if overnight spider webs have appeared glorious huge glistening with dew with the sunrise I've seen more bats, they're coming closer to the houses and the ground, finding the last of the summer's insects before the cold does away with them all, good riddance, owls hoots are becoming more prominent in the cooler, stiller nights, rains, bringing cold weather that I'm craving so, so much, are also bringing decomposers, mushrooms, everywhere, and flies to eat away the last of the harvest fruits and veggies that have been forgotten. I was at a pagan festival one time, and I was speaking to this lady pretty late at night around the fire, and she was telling me her story, and how she was noticing lots of flies in her space, more than usual. And I asked her, you know, what she thought about this. And she told me that what do flies do? They eat the yucky. They turn it into something else. They are the decomposers that nobody necessarily wants to acknowledge. But that have a pretty important job. They eat the dead stuff. They do something with that. (laughs) So she theorized that the flies were eating away the dead stagnant energy that was in her life because she was a clean person she didn't have a bunch of trash around she was a very clean person but she was just going through such a huge change that nature her physical existence was reflecting that she needed a little help to decompose that energy And I thought that was really cool, because nobody ever talks about flies being spirit messengers or spirit guides, but they definitely can be. Nature consistently brings us signs that we can pay attention to or tap into with our own energy and the energy around us. I am of the belief that the bits of nature you personally notice more of are your own personal smoke signals. It's divination and smoke signal, actually. Let me explain. See, we all see the seasons change throughout the year, but what do you notice more during those times? What catches your eye the most? I believe that we can directly correlate that to your personal path and also where your path intersects with the collective. For example, this year's theme overall is boundaries and self-compassion, and you cannot tell me otherwise. My observations and personal experience have shown me that this year we have collectively been asking ourselves, what do I need? What are my boundaries? How do I interact with others while honoring those boundaries, while honoring myself? And Those questions can manifest in a million different ways. But over and over, that's what I have noticed is at the baseline. Personally, my journey this year has been one of self-compassion and sovereignty. Learning that I didn't really know my boundaries because I would never previously consciously said any. Figuring that out and offering myself a safe space for that has been really hard, honestly. But I've noticed that if I've been particularly stuck, I can sort of divine what's going on within myself more by noticing the direct manifestations of that in my reality. For example, I've got a thing with spiders. And before you run off... um. Just stick around for a spooky story, okay? And just just hang on with me till the end. If you are arachnophobic, this might not be the episode for you. Um, but it is a pretty cool story. It's part of my practice and I want to share it with you. So just have an open mind, okay? So three years ago, I moved back home after leaving an abusive relationship And I had pretty much nothing. I was really reliant on my family around that time to get back on my feet. And I was really far from knowing who the hell I was away from that abusive relationship. But I did know that I had hope and I had the will to try and figure out who that girl was. So I did. I have. I am. I also had a lot of downtime with myself in a town where I knew pretty much no one other than my family, and I spent a lot of time alone anyways, but it was more so then. I pretty much went to work and came home, and that's it. I spent many nights with no pants, lots of snacks, and YouTube. I went into so many YouTube black holes learning about all kinds of different things because that's a hobby of mine. That's one of my social media outlets of choice. And one day, for whatever reason, I stumbled upon PetTube to a channel called Exotics Lair, and I watched one of his videos on tarantulas. And after that, I spent three months learning everything I could about spider husbandry. And this might sound kind of weird, but not like super weird, if not for one thing. I was terrified of spiders before this. Like, unreasonably terrified. But for some reason, this knowledge and these videos and learning this really empowered me. Learning about them, I found out that they were fascinating. And this thing I'd previously found revolting, I now found, well, beautiful. But then, like it does, the universe said, Oh yeah? Well, you're going to have to prove it. And here's the spooky part. Again, agoraphobic people beware. (laughs) The universe decided... To test my newfound love of spiders, spiders started appearing everywhere for me, and I do mean absolutely everywhere. I would be cooking, and there would be a spider on the hilt of the knife I just used. Outside you go, my friend, and then in the shower, there'd be multiple spider webs in the corners, different kinds of spiders, too, and so. I'd finish up my shower, and out you go, my friend. In my closet, in my shoes, in my bags. Out you go, my friend. On my porch, in my car. I can't tell you how many times I got into my car, only to have a tiny friend rappel onto my shoulder, like from random places, from in the drop-down mirror, from... My rearview mirror from where I kept my sunglasses. I'm serious. They were everywhere. Eventually, I just got used to it. I got to a point where it really did not faze me. And this went on for a year. A year. I just expected the spiders to be there. And they were there. Oh, how they were there. Soon enough, though, they started being in my hair. And I know that sounds weird. I'm not a dirty person either. I wash my hair. But I would brush my hands through my hair and a little spider would repel out of my hair. (laughs) There would be webs in my shoes. No spider, just webs in my shoes. Or over my jewelry. No spider, again. They were just getting really close. Closer and closer still. Old friends that I'd told about this happening started calling me the Spider Queen, but they didn't really realize the extent of it. I think a lot of them thought I was exaggerating, but I really, really was not. So after a year of this experience with spiders, a friend and I were having a non-spider-related conversation And they introduced me to the Native American concept of animal medicine. He had no idea about my spider journey. And he and I had not spoken in a long, long time. But he was a friend that when we spoke, it was a three-hour catch-up. And it was always so good and so needed. But he didn't realize quite how much I needed this particular conversation. Now, I am not Native American. So I'm not going to try and explain this to you. But if you are Native American and you would like to have a conversation about this topic, please, please, please get in touch with me. I will leave that in the description box or the show notes rather. And I would really love to either have you on the podcast or just have a personal conversation about animal medicine. But for now, all you need to know for this story is that This conversation that I had led me to my journey of exploring animals and nature as messengers, which in turn leads to this conversation we're having now. Eventually, I started using these messengers as a kind of divination tool. I ended up looking up the message of the spider after that conversation, and it is this. Spiders are weavers, weavers of the liminal, weavers of all that is, They both create and hold together. They also teach that good things come to those who wait. They teach patience. The spider shows us that we weave our own life's path. That we are the creator and executor of our dreams. That day I looked up the message of the spider. I journaled at my altar and I did a really long meditation thinking about all of these lessons of the spider. And I kid you not, (laughs) the spider stopped after that. It was actually kind of sad. They'd become a part of my life. I continue to work and integrate these lessons, this medicine of the spider, and I still do to this day. I now have a spider tattoo to remind me of these lessons. Every time I journal at my altar, a spider friend shows up without fail. And I know that sounds weird, but it's true. There are other things, but let's just fast forward to now. I no longer have a spider greet me each morning, but recently, like within the last month or so, I have walked through a minimum of one spider web a day. Now, with the longer nights, spiders tend to seize the darkness and use it to build bigger and better webs. This could be a metaphor on its own about seizing the night and the beauty and opportunity of the dark, but for me, it's something else. With huge spider webs popping up all over the property literally overnight, it's become a new lesson for me. I've had a day where I've walked through at least six spider webs. I am not exaggerating. One might say, okay, weird, but maybe it's just natural spider carpe noctum, right? Well, no. None of my family members have had this experience. Not one single spider web has trapped them. And for those that don't know, I live on a piece of property that is owned by my family. It's a rather large piece of property. It used to be a farm and it got split up between everyone when my great grandfather died. So none of them have experienced this. So I re reevaluated myself. Am I listening to my guides? Am I listening to my deities? Am I grounding myself? Am I in tune with my energy? What is the message of the spider? And am I listening and living that medicine? And I wasn't, really. I was going through a pretty low patch, as we all do. And I'd been asking for help from my deities and guides. And honestly, I thought I had been ignored. not going to lie. I really thought I was being ignored. But it's hard to get there when you're feeling down. So, anyways, I thought I was being ignored, but I was regularly walking through spider webs. And one day, it just hit me. Literally. <laughs> so, I sat down, and again, I journaled, and I meditated, and I found the broken web, and I re-spun it with intention. I spoke with my deities, and I opened my heart about what I'd been going through, and I realized that I had allowed myself to feel... Powerless. I'd not offered myself any compassion or patience through this hard time that I'd been going through. So I leaned into that lesson. I'd offered myself those things and I'd reaffirm those things. Because I knew I was the weaver of my own fate. And y'all, I have not walked through a single spiderweb since. Fingers crossed now. But the orb weavers and the banana spiders and these other really cool spiders with spiky butts are making miraculous woven art in my own personal gallery, and I have admired them from a much more desirable distance, i.e. not on my face. So I invite you to consider what signs you've been seeing since the equinox and what lesson Gaia nature has. Might have for you personally. Did you know that the changing of the leaves is actually way spookier than you think? Seriously. When the leaves change, the tree is actually cannibalizing itself in preparation for going dormant in the winter. The trees eat the nutrients from their leaves and chlorophyll, the bit that makes the leaves green is the first to go. So if you've been noticing the leaves changing where you are or even daydreaming about them changing like me, perhaps you're being called to nourish yourself either in body, spirit, or both. Perhaps you are already going within and nourishing your soul and you're ready to release what once served you to the winds of change. Have you been seeing bats? Perhaps you're going through a shift and you're being called to retreat into your cave and reassess where you're at. Bats can symbolize death and rebirth, and in particular regards to the ego. Bats invite you to release situations and habits that don't align with your goals. Ravens and crows are some of my particular favorite harbingers of Autumn, and while they are both powerful messengers in their own right, they do share common mystic symbolism. They're both bringers of visions and insight, as well as being extremely clever creatures, and they can seriously aid with the witch seeking to deepen their practice of trance work, divination, astral travel, deity work, or even one simply looking to understand their own psyche more intimately. Liaisons of the spiritual and physical planes, ravens and crows are aligned with many deities across pantheons, including, but certainly not limited to, Apollo, Odin, Bran and Branwen, Basunda, the Morrigan, Hecate, Dumavadi, Brigid, Shandi, Nephthys, and Baba Yaga. If you've been looking into deity work and you do not have a deity you work with yet and you've been seeing ravens or crows, I highly recommend looking into the deities I just listed and seeing if you resonate with any of them. Alternatively, if you've been looking for a deity to work with for deep transformational work, I highly recommend looking into any of those deities and seeing who resonates. As deities associated with these birds, certainly will have great lessons for you on that path and you know you can always reach out to a deity contrary to popular belief you don't have to be called you can make the call now they can refuse but it never hurts to ask if you want to learn more about that you can message me on instagram or keep an eye out for my deity work 101 episode because that is going to come soon Now, I could go on and on, but pay attention to what you're noticing. Check in with yourself. Feel your own energy, not just in your body, but in the world around you. See how it touches things. See where it lands. Nature has so much to teach us if we only pay attention. And there are signs, be you in the woods or in the big city. If only you pay attention. Now, I hope your dark moon night feels full of promise and full of power and that you ride that Mercury retrograde with ease and comfort. Don't forget to drink some water, nourish and ground yourself, and I will talk to you next on the full moon. May your magic this evening swiftly meet its mark under the bright stars of the dark moon. And until next time... I will see you around the balefire.